morning. Welcome to Daily Exhortations. It's good to be back from our week of vacation. Just drove in late last night and uh, was able to get some rest and be here today. Um, today we're going to be continuing on where we left off in the book of Genesis, looking at chapter number 30, verses 1 through 13. And uh, in this passage, as I was reading through it, uh, my mind couldn't help but going to um, different issues that people struggle with quite often. Um, and I think sometimes we feel like the Bible doesn't speak to our issues or our problems. And, and I think a lot of times it's because we've gotten used to thinking about the Bible in a certain way or we don't actually meditate or ponder on what it what it is trying to deal with and talk about. Um, but in Genesis chapter number 30, we're going to see that that uh, the issue of invert infertility is uh, touched upon in this text. And I know that's a that's a struggle for some some people and it's a difficult situation. Um, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through the text. But let's go ahead and jump into verse number one here. It says, and when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, okay, so she's infertile, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her and she shall bear upon my knees, and that I may also have children by her. <clears throat> and she gave him Bilhah her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went in unto her. And Bilhah conceived, and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestling have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had left up bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh. And she called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah called. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And we'll go ahead and stop right there now as the as the story progresses obviously we see this battle for children that they have back and forth um, and I think in previous devotions and in future devotions I've been pretty sympathetic to to Leah um, because of the situation that she has found herself in and I don't know how much control she had over those circumstances but I do, I do feel for her that her husband didn't love her the way that she needed to be loved. And in, in this text, we see a bad situation because God's plan, obviously, for marriage was one man and one woman. That's how God created Adam and Eve. That's what God's plan was. And that isn't what happened here. And now we see that, that problem compounded by jealousy and battles between Leah and Rachel and then compounded by the situation where they they're giving these handmaids to Jacob to to be with as his wife and it just creates more of a problem but in this text I want to focus on the struggle that Rachel had with not being able to have children um, up up to the point where she finally God opens her womb and gives her Joseph she was not able to have children she she struggled with that 
And I drew three points really from this text. First of all, infertility made Rachel feel hopeless. It made her feel hopeless. She saw that she, that she bare Jacob no children and she envied her sister and she said, give me children or else I die. Nobody speaks like that unless they are desperate. They are hopeless. They feel like there is no reason to live if I don't have this thing that I crave after. She is, she is desiring death if she can't have any children. And it causes her to be irrational where she lashes out at Jacob. Says, uh, says here that, uh, that she demands this of Jacob as if Jacob's the one withholding children from her. And that's not the case. God, God is the one who opens the womb and closes the womb. But so she, she's angry. She's envious. She feels hopeless. And I think at times like that, you can get to a pretty desperate condition where you feel like God is not listening. God is not hearing what I have to say. And that hopelessness is, is a dangerous position to be in because as we'll see, it leads to wrong responses oftentimes. Rachel's hope and trust should have been in God. I mean, we know from scripture that God opens and closes the womb. It is God who causes us to have children. And the second, second thing that we see here that is that God has the power over that infertility. And that should have been a, an encouragement to Rachel because Rachel had the example of Abraham and Sarah. And after years and years and years of waiting... God gave Sarah a child. God is able to perform the, a miracle. And I know not that God hasn't promised to do so in everybody's life, but there should always be hope that God can do this. Um, I think of another couple that I know recently who for years has struggled with, with this very same issue, and God has recently given them the opportunity to have a child. God can do miracles. And so we should be calling on him. We should be looking to him. We should be trusting him. But Jacob, Jacob asks her, am I in God's stead? Why have you exalted me in God's place? God's the one who ultimately opens and closes the womb. I think of another story. There's so many of these in the Bible that we can look to. The story of uh, Hannah and Elkanah. And Hannah couldn't have a child. And I think of Elkanah's response. He says, am I not better to thee than seven sons? And I think uh, there, there's a subtle reminder that um, we should be able to find fulfillment in, first of all, our relationship with our husband, but our relationship with God as well. God can do the impossible, but if it's not God's will, where are we going to seek to find our fulfillment in? Are we going to seek it in? Jacob, she's put Jacob into God's stead. That's what she has done. She's demanding that Jacob do things that only God can do. But her relationship, her sufficiency, her fulfillment ultimately needed to come from God. So she's feeling hopeless. She has replaced God in her mind and her sufficiency and fulfillment with God in her mind with having a child from Jacob. And she needs to acknowledge that God is ultimately the one who can give her this child. God is the, is the one who has the power over 
infertility. At some point, we must acknowledge that God is in charge, and with him, nothing is impossible. You think of the New Testament, right? Think of Elizabeth and uh, Zechariah, right? And uh, the birth of John the Baptist. That was a miracle, and there are so many of them scattered throughout Scripture. But also I see in this text that infertility can be a temptation to sin, to handle things wrongly. I've already pointed out that she has put Jacob into the place of God. She has tried to find her fulfillment through a child and through her husband when that fulfillment ultimately was intended to be derived from God himself. And then, and here we see that she struggles with envy. She struggles with envy. Um, she, and, and envy is a sin. It's a desire for something that somebody else has and wish. And ultimately, I feel like she wanted the other person not to have it. She envies Leah. She wishes Leah would not have these children. Leah struggled with this as well because Rachel had the love. They both, they both had something that the other wanted and they were envious of each other. And so her infertility led her to sin by envy. It led her to sin by replacing God with her husband and with, with a desire for children. It led her to sin in that she gives her handmaid to Jacob. Again, we've already pointed out God's purpose for marriage was one man and one woman. And she gives her handmaid into, into Jacob to be a wife, to have children that she can claim as her own children. And I, I don't believe that was right either. I think God obviously used it. We have the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, I think that um, while the Bible isn't necessarily overtly condemning this, we know from the God's original intent that this, this was something that was wrong. And so in the, in the time of infertility, that hopelessness, that struggle, there can be a temptation to lose sight of our God <coughs> and to give in to maybe bitterness, anger, envy, um, to shut God out, to replace God on the throne of our hearts. And we need to be careful in those moments not to give in. But I just, I want to leave with a word of encouragement though here. Just like God saw Leah's struggle with not being loved by her husband. God also saw the struggle of Rachel in that she didn't have children. In fact, we, we read earlier that God was the one who shut up her womb. But later on, God's the one who's going to open her womb and give her Joseph as a son. Because God sees and God cares and God knows. God is not blind. Sometimes God allows very, very difficult circumstances in our lives because we need to find out and we need to discover that he is everything that I need, that he is all that I need. Yes, these things are, children are a blessing. They are something to be desired, a good thing, but we cannot allow them to take the place of God within our hearts. I just want you to know that we're here. If you're struggling with this, we're, we want to be here to help you, to pray with you, to lift you up. And I know this isn't easy. But don't let it drive you down a dark hole into a place that takes you away from God. Have a great day. God bless.